Hello, I'm your host, Bobby King, and I'm here to talk with you about something you might not expect. This podcast is a place where we talk to people who are willing to share their thoughts on the church today. This will be pastors, Christians, non-Christians, the average church attender, other religious members, people who have never experienced church before. I want to give people the opportunity to have a true and open conversation. Join us on the couch of your mind for Church Conversations. Monster, sponsor us. Um, <laughs> what's up, everybody? This is Bobby King, and this is Church Conversations. This has been an episode, literally, that has not wanted to be made. Um, first, we did it online. That didn't meet our level and standard of excellence. And now we are sitting in the dark. Um, so if the colors and things like that look weird, it's what we tried to do in post to fix it. But um, the power is out in our building, and so everything we're running off of is battery-powered right now. So we're getting the episode done. That's all that matters. And it's important because um, y'all don't know this, but I've been wanting Brandon to be the second episode of this podcast since the start of the podcast. And so we're trying to make that still happen. And now if we can get this done today, it's going to happen. But this is Brandon Barton. Hey everybody. He is my best friend. He's my discipler. And honestly, the only person that immediately came to mind, one, when I was talking about a podcast, two, talking about the church. Um, he has honestly shaped my view of church and how, um, you know, what I experience um, church and community and even, you know, how I view and respect and understand, you know, the Lord. And so with that, um, he was the most fitting person to be on the second episode of this podcast because of how much he's shaped it in my life. And I wanted that to be a thing before y'all, you know, get to see some other people and other people's um, examples and things like that. So I thought it was key to have Brandon. So Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, my name is Brandon Barton. I've uh, grew up in Bryan College Station, uh, was there for the majority of my young life. Um, it's where I, where I've started my relationship with Jesus. It's where I started into ministry life. Um, I met my wife there. Uh, we moved up to the Metroplex area back in 2008. Um, I worked at a few churches, larger churches around the area, um, and just had a, a stint with, uh, Lake Church from about 2012 to about 2020, uh, 2020. And, um, yeah, it was, um, uh, pretty remarkable, um, for us to be able to see so many different facets and, and, and areas of church and how ministry is done, not just <clears throat> from across the world, but also here locally and conserving communities. That's awesome. Um, I mean, so first let's, let's get this main one out of the way. It's our main question, right? It's what mm -hmm. the podcast exists for, um, but essentially to you, what is your definition of church? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely how the Bible defines it, right? Yeah. And how why it was started in the first place. It was 
um, as a as a community place for people to gather and also to serve others uh, in, who are less fortunate in the community as well. Uh, that's why it was designed. The church was designed that way to help the elderly and, and, the, and the widows and and uh, to be able to uh, come together as a group uh, mm-hmm. to serve the 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 God. The Father, the Son, who's who created us, and uh, so that's how I really define church. Now that that's taken a different direction in in, in a lot of ways, um, but I, I still feel like if you ask anyone in church atmosphere, a lot of them would say the same thing. Yeah, and um, I think that it it's key because you touched on some of the parts that most people forget, right? So. A lot of people think, hey, it's a church, it's four walls, this is, you know, I go to church, mm-hmm. right? Um, when in reality, you, are the church. you just mentioned, yeah, you yeah. are the church, right? It's it's body of believers gathering together, but even just as family units, as, you know, yeah. all of those different things. Um, but then also caring for groups that have are majorly marginalized, yeah. widows, orphans, um, the needy, you know, all of those different right. things. And so that's that's a huge key and important part that I, I think is um, very interesting. So, Brandon, because you are who you are in my life and all those mm-hmm. things, I have an inside look of, you know, life with you mm-hmm. and all those different stuff. So let's let's uh, shift back a little bit to COVID era mm-hmm. and things of that nature. What do you think, like? I guess pre-COVID church, post-COVID church, is it the same thing? Is um, it different? What, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I, I had different arenas. So I was actually in in church ministry pre-COVID, uh, in the start of COVID, and then I transitioned out uh, to be more of a, a, in a sales role at, at a, a company here locally. Um, so my, my take might be a little, little different than most. Um, I think that ministry as a whole, in, in in the way the church functioned before, I think every, we just got comfortable. We got comfortable mm. with the way things were, the way church had always been. I hear that a lot, yeah, right. And it's it's not something that, and I I think I was desensitized to it to a point as well, right? That yeah. we, I kind of missed the whole aspect and the whole uh, what church should be, in in a lot of people's lives. And I think that. <clears throat> As it comes to all, and I think this is what what I see a lot, and especially now that I work more with you know kids and teenagers, probably than I ever did you know previously. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a disconnect between how we approach Sunday to how we approach the rest of the week, mm-hmm. where it always should be the same. But you know, Sunday is reserved for church. Let me go punch my card. Say I've been to church. And then now I'm going to go and I'm going to take Monday through Saturday and I'm going to live it the way that I feel like I need to live it. Yeah. And I, I think from a ministry side of things, seeing that in the church, that's exhausted church staffs and church leadership because it's like we're fighting uphill battle. But it's also, you know, to the rest of the week, how are we carrying our message to the people from mm-hmm. Monday through Saturday? Yeah. Uh, and how are we showing that? How are we leading them in that? Um, and I think that's a big, I think that's where Satan likes to kind of inject little things here and there to where it it seems to continue to divide what Sunday looks like as opposed to the rest of the week. Yeah. And I think that's great. Like, and if I were to just summarize it up into a one little sentence is like 
we have really become a custom of attributing Sundays or whatever mm. religious day, Saturdays for some denominations, things like that, but like Sunday as church, when in reality, church has been and always will be the entire time. It's all day. It's 24-7, 365, yeah. and we've, we've really become accustomed to, oh, anytime we go to a building that has the name church on it, then we're at church. Right. And that, that mind shift change, um, one, is something that I'm kind of seeing a little bit more of, but being on church staffs as well, working with a bunch of churches, yeah. it's been so easy in the past to get in this routine of, oh man, like, okay, cool, I'm going to church. Or with us on church staffs and what we used to do, we were always at church. Right. And then it, it became really weird because it's your job, but then like, it's yeah. also like God's holy place. Yeah. And it's like, man, so, so kind of weird and all those different concepts. Yeah. Um, but if summing up in one sense, like church is 24, seven, 365. Yeah. It ain't Sunday. It's not a specific building. Right. It's, it's the body of believers. We're the bride of Christ. Like, yeah. And I, I think that's where we, where we as a whole need to come back to. I think that yeah. we were talking about pre COVID, uh, you saw a lot of programs and a lot of, um, different situations where we felt like that was church yep. where I, you know, if I put on this many programs, I had this many people come to my program, then it was successful, and that's what marked success for churches in, in a lot of ways. Um, and then COVID happened, and now we couldn't bring people into church. Yep, it was hard for that to happen. So uh, it, there was some hard, really hard times within COVID in, in churches as a whole. But there's also some really beautiful things that came out of that. Mm -hmm. You started to see churches really delving back into community. How can we serve? The hospitals. How can we serve the people around us that are in need? Um, mm. And I think we we missed the mark. And I think it's because COVID is kind of it's still present, but it's not as present as it was before. I, I feel like some churches are, are are navigating back to the normal. How many programs can I have? What what you know what what are we? How many Bible studies can we put during mm -hmm. the week? Bible studies are great, but the problem with Bible studies is if you leave that there then you're not carrying it into the community. You're not carrying it into other people's lives. It's what it was designed to do in the first place. Yeah. And so we've got to figure out what, what does success look like in the church? Um, as, as we've kind of navigated pre-COVID, COVID, and now post-COVID, what, what does this look like moving forward? Because I think COVID really opened our eyes to what a lot of ministry could be, but then we fall back into comfortability, and it's, it's, it's still we're still navigating and trying to figure out that 80 years pre COVID that just churches continue to be all these, you know, programs and numbers and everything else. And that marks success in church should be the people should be yeah. where, where, how am I carrying Christ to my neighbor? How am I carrying Christ to that coworker? That that's the way the church should be motivated. Yep. Yeah. The, the key analytic point that churches need to be looking at is not how many people come to X event or how many people donated or what our church attendance was. It's the measurable, it's very difficult to measure, but the <laughs> measurable of life change. Sure. What does life change happen in our church? Are people 
going through something and the Lord's brought them out? Have they, have they partnered with a ministry that boom, they were able to find their calling are they being discipled? Are they being cared for? Are they helping other people? Are they holding other um, people's arms up when they're going through something like those things a million times harder to do than counting heads. Right. But way more kingdom importance. Sure. um, In my mind, you could have a church of five people, but the life change that's happened in that building could radically shake the kingdom sure. in a way that a church of 5,000 that people are just, Oh, check it off. Okay. Yep. I've, I've come to church. Like if you have 5,000 people sitting yeah. on their butts and then there's five people out there doing the work of the kingdom and their calling. Yeah. Uh, the five people are going to have a way better lot. success in whatever revival. they're doing. Sure. And so that's like, that's something that I hope that, even though this post-COVID world, we're already going back. I hope we have another reset moment because yeah. in reality, that's what COVID I believe really was. I agree. Um, a hundred percent. This COVID is not going to be the first and it right. was not going to be the last nope. pandemic kind of thing to happen. Nope. Um, but with it, it was such a hard reset. And honestly, I feel like it was just very directed at the church. of Hey, we've been doing things this way. I'm a wreck it. Yeah. Um, and whatever, you know, stance you want to lean on of whether it's God fixing it or it's Satan's hand on it. I don't really care as Christians. We're able to look at it and be like, man, this was a pivot change point that can drastically impact the kingdom of heaven forever. Yeah. How do we do it? How do we make an impact on it? And I think you're right. Churches are going back to what they used to do where I think we really need to dive in deeper into this world of the unknown, which is the, digital age and things like that. Not really because, <laughs> Hey, I have a, you know, a media thing that I do churches with. Like, I don't care about that. The ability to reach people have, has never been able to be done as quick or as effectively as we can today. Right. And it's just going to get better, better. and better and more yeah. effective moving and forward. Quicker. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, yeah. But, I, uh, I that... encourage churches to think with that lens. Yeah. Don't go back to just what we know right. because we can do it and we can measure it. Like, please start thinking out of the box. Like right. don't hire same staff members with the same staff titles just because that's what you've had in the past. Absolutely. Like think about what your church actually needs. If yeah. that's community engagement, if right. that's, um, you know, social media, if that's whatever, like yeah. think differently. Well, and I, th- I think that, you know, and I want to hear, I want everyone to hear me say this is, when when I talk about the church, I'm not talking about just the pastor or just a yeah. group of staff. I'm talking about the church as a whole, which in large part is just to lay people in the church. That's yep. the large majority of a church. Correct. Um, and so this is, I feel like this podcast is something that everyone should hear, everyone needs to hear, because the pastor and the staff are not the church. Yep. That. They they are they are leaders within the church, but they are not the church. Um, the people are the church. the The people are the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, how am I as a as a as a body piece as a body member? How am I showing Christ to those in the world? Mm-hmm. How do we best move forward with any kind of program or anything else that 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 we need to go? We need to throw away the the statistics of it all and ask the question how is this getting to the heart of the person 
Uh, how is Christ getting to this person? How that should be our only metric that we care about. Yeah. Um, and I say that as a member of a church, um, and I will always say that as a member of a church, uh, because it is not, it is not the pastors and the staff's role to carry out the full projection of what church should be. You better preach. That's the That's... people's job. Yep. Um, the pastors are there to facilitate and navigate encouragement and teaching and growth. Um, so I want that to be very clear when we talk about church as a whole, because yeah. I think that a lot of people's mind frames is, oh, the church are the pastors, and that's and I belong to a church. No, you are the church. Yeah. And we've got to get out of that mentality in a, in a yeah. big way. And, and also, like, we don't want to dis knowledge or disqualify church staff people either right sure. like they play a factor in the body yeah. like they are not the church they are also a part of the church right. and so with that um you know they just may be a mouth or they may be a hand or sure. whatever um but we need all aspects of a finger to grab something 100%. like we need all ligaments in an arm to be able to move it Absolutely. right like all of those individual pieces play a big factor in the in the whole aspect, which is us being the bride of Christ, right? right? We are we are not as individuals perfect. Uh, no. Also, the church no. is not perfect this side of eternity, Correct. right? But coming together, bringing all of our strengths, all of our weaknesses, that we can um, lift each other up, help each other, but then also like be encouraged by and and strengthened everybody's strengths all together like you see it in sports all the time when everybody's strengths are together man they're clicking yeah like when you have every single individual doing their job doing their role doing their calling yeah whoo stuff happens yeah. like in <laughs> That's what we need to view, start really start viewing the church as. Absolutely. In in a lot of ways, the structure of how church is, master teacher, it's very Roman classroom yeah. setup. And we know that, you know, community is built in circles, not in rows. And but with that as well, like the structure of church in in itself is we need to be one, you mentioned it, is like it's not our job to be fed by church right. staff members. We we have to feed ourselves. That's yeah. Right? Like in in a lot of ways, you know, even in mentor discipleship relationships, like your job is not to feed me. Correct. Like my job is to feed myself based off of how you are mm -hmm. in your walk living with Christ just a step in front of me. And that's all that it literally is. Is if someone is sometimes once, behind you, sometimes beside you. Yes. And it literally, depends, if yeah. you just have one step in front, yeah. um, then that person can disciple you. And so with that, like, I'm following you as you follow Christ. Right. And then it's my job to then have somebody following me as I follow Christ. Correct. And as long as we're one step in front of the other, um, <laughs> then we literally are just going towards what we're supposed to do, which is being like, as best as we can, be like Jesus. Correct. And I think that that's, that's been a big frustration of mine in, in, in the whole time I've been in ministry is, you know, a lot of people bring their children or their, or the youth or, you know, and they, they bring them to church saying, here, you teach yeah. my kids and my youth what Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And then that's your job. Yeah. That is, that is so against scripture. It's not even funny. Yep. That is, that is the parent's role and job in this. We're as ministers, we're there to support that. Yep. 
Um, and so at some point we've got to get to a place where, and I, and I, I said this before, and it, we were talking about the podcast we recorded before this. Um, it is, it is a, it is a, a, a natural thing for, for us as a whole to, to bring, bring people together, right? As, as ministers, we bring people together. Uh, we navigate that, but it is not my responsibility mm. as a minister to teach Jesus to your kid, yep, or to your youth. That is that is the express responsibility of a parent or a guardian, um, and our job is to then replicate that and, and encourage you in that. Um, we've got to get to the point where we. We leave behind, and, and and I think that if the church would ever get to a point, that's that's what I was gonna say. I, I was I was sitting here going, okay, I know I said this before, and yeah. I, I just recircled. I'm coming back. We did this entire we, we podcast did the whole already. podcast. It was like, so many things. So uh, it was like almost a week and a half, two weeks ago. But the 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 church as it sits right now in America would not have to be in place if. The parents and the res- those responsible for for others to know Christ would be doing the job and role that they were put in. Yeah. Um, there would not need to be these different levels of church and church leadership. Uh, we would navigate pretty much like we were supposed to uh, whenever the church was instilled. Uh, but because we've made it the way that it is, because you know the the people of the you know the community and stuff like that bring their kids to church to learn about Jesus. Now it's it's been placed on our backs to uh, to teach and 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 mm-hmm. navigate Christ uh, to those. And I don't I'm not saying that, that that we don't play a role in that, but that should not be something that falls directly on a, a minister's shoulders. No, in any form. And also, just even specifically, like if we want to get into the details of it, it shouldn't have to fall on a minister's shoulders who's also probably a very young person. Mm. If we're if we're mathematically looking at it, most of the yeah. time, kids pastors, youth pastors, they're the younger people on staff, True. and we're giving them honestly the hardest job. Yeah, like it's good. If you want to set people up for failure, I don't know a better way how to do it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Literally. And that's why you see crazy turnover in those kind of roles as yep. well. And like those of you who aren't Christians, like these things may sound foreign or whatever, but like normally if you're a young person, you're normally overseeing younger people. Right. Well, with that, like that structure is inherently just broken. Um, yep. I mean, outside of the fact that, you know, the parents should be discipling their kids and all those things. We can't also expect that now either because right. the way that the world and the way the church has kind of gone for the last, I don't know, almost 2,000 years, <laughs> like with with how it's been structured in that way, it's been really handcrafted where, hey, we're bringing them here because we don't know how to do this. Yeah. And that's good. I'm happy they feel like they can bring them somewhere. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, we as the church are missing the fact that, man, we really need to be pouring into these parents better. And like, what do these young families look like right. and all those different things that that's the real heartbeat that, oh, this is this is the thing. Right. Maybe let's not spend as much time with, you know, adults that have been, you know, Christians for the last 25, 30 years. No offense to those people. We love them. Sure. They should be discipling these young families. Absolutely. Like that's 
the, the whole point. They've lived that life. They've been through that life stage. <laughs> Be able to help. Yeah. Um, you know, every time a new family comes in, boom, pair them with somebody that's been there 10, 15 years right. or even five months. Like right. it don't matter <laughs> as long as they, they've known and seen something. Let's just start making connections. Mm. And that brings me to a quick side angle of this, of, of a question is mentor and discipleship. What difference? Two and minutes. then also, how do you do that as a dad um, of a family? How do you actually disciple um, and be a representation of the church when your family's together? Y'all are sure. the bride of Christ, um, just like me and my family are. And so like, how do you navigate doing that? Yeah, I think if we if we talk about discipleship versus mentorship, um, the staff that I was on uh, at the church that I'm attending right now, we we spent six to eight months just defining what discipleship was, um, and we came up with you know we teach and model the ways of Jesus to reliable people who will then teach and model the ways of Jesus. Um, that we 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 like the teaching part, hmm. but when it comes to modeling, that to me that's the difference in discipleship and mentorship. Mentorship. Yep. You 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 walk them through knowledge base, right? You walk. This is how you do your job. This is how you do this. And modeling is what you're doing then to show them the right way to do things. Yep. And so discipleship is bringing someone into your life, and the mentorship is adding something to your life. So mm. you you add when you when you mentor someone, you add them to your schedule. When you disciple someone, you bring them into your schedule. You bring them into your life. Man, it's almost like his discipler taught him that phrase. That's interesting. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Um, but as far as my kids go, you know, I had a really big revelation in 2020 that, you know, I always thought that my legacy was what I was doing at the church. Wow. Um, how I was navigating the day-to-day, -day, how I was doing ministry. Uh, what God really kind of helped secure in my life there in 2020 was my legacy or my three kids. Mm. That's who I'm leaving behind. So I have to pour into them, um, teaching and modeling the ways of Jesus. Yep. Um, and we have some easy conversations about that, but we have some hard conversations about that. Um, and it, and I don't think it necessarily matters what conclusion we come to it's the fact that my kids get to get to experience Christ through their dad yep. and through their mom yeah. and that's how we navigate discipleship within our house uh sure we read the bible we sing worship songs my daughter helps lead with me on you know times where I get to he lead worship, and she's ridiculously talented, incredibly talented, way talented, more talented than he, I am. He can say it, but as an outsider, hundred percent, she's ridiculous. I'm I'm very realistic when it comes to my kids, but true, but he, they may she, not know that's that. true. But that's true. This, she's, but she's going places. Yeah, she is. Uh, but the fact that we get to that, I get to see that that I get to see, um, you know, Christ followership from my kids. Mm start to kind of take place, see that maturity, not just in their physical and emotional respects, but then their spiritual on top of that. Yeah. Um, it's it's a huge thing. It's more, way more rewarding than anything I ever did in full-time ministry. Um, and that's in God kind of helped me. Brandon, you are going to be in ministry the rest of your life in some form. Yep. This is your main ministry. And it took, it took a, a big revelation for that to actually strike gold. But also, I think that it is a it's a key thing that happened in your life to be able to allow you to focus on it with such accuracy, right? Like, oh, 
most church staff people negate their families sure. for the sake, oh, I'm, well, I'm having to be up at church for this event right. or, oh, I have to, I have to leave. It's, you know, midnight, this person went to the hospital. Those things are great things. Sure. They're amazing things. And it, and it takes special hearts and, and things of that nature to be able to do it. But normally it comes on the back end of neglecting your family. Sure. Which nobody in the church would say that they want or support. No, no, no. But also at the same time, normally it's kind of what is expected. Yeah. It's like that's a kind of a part of your job. And sure. so it was amazing with your reset of where it's like, hey, spotlight yeah. your family. But I think I use use this time in, in a very uh, strategic way is to those watching this, pray for your church leadership. Yes. Um, I've heard it so many times in ministry. Brandon, what do you do all day? <laughs> and if I honestly wrote it down for you, you would be appalled at what I did every single day. Uh, just how much time and effort went into everything that that I was doing. But it also it almost came, it, it did, it came to a prideful head, right? So I felt like the church couldn't function without me. Um and it Same. that was yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a hard it's hard realization right because you're 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 pouring your your blood sweat tears on literally all three of those yeah. uh you know multiple times a year specifically uh but almost every week uh to be able to do what you feel like God's asking you to do but what 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 we're not seeing what I wasn't understanding was that Satan was throwing a little bit of lie in with some of that truth mm -hmm. where I would listen to myself more than I would listen to God and what he was trying to do. He was trying to slow me down and I just kept speeding up. Um and church staffs because of the weight that is on their shoulders um a lot of them are are going through that or have gone through it before. Or may, if some of the young ones may go through it here yeah. eventually, uh, it will happen to every one of them uh, just because of the weight that's on the shoulders. Um, so the use it's structured. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and so I, I just kind of put that plug out there because I don't know if I quite understood being on staff, how mm -hmm. much prayer <laughs> affects us yeah. and having people actually reach out and say, hey, how can I pray for you? What does that look like? Well, how can I come alongside you and help? Um, it, it was happening. I just wasn't paying attention to it. Uh, so I think it's, it's it a really good thing. It was happening at a rarer clip than you would, uh, you would yeah, think. Yeah, probably. Like, right? Like in yeah. a church of, of our size, right. you know, a little north of a thousand, right? Sure. It, the amount of people that theoretically that should be happening from should be more. Sure. But it was very, you know, nice when when it did happen. But in your case, like, being able to even realize and recognize like, oh, that was happening or yeah. people were requesting it. Um, but yeah, it's pray for your church staff yes. because they navigate things that they feel like they in a lot of ways have to do themselves mm. when in reality they need to be able to share that burden yep. with somebody else or help somebody else. Like we are never, and I, I may get some flack for this, but we may never be the one solution for somebody. Right. Right. Like if I have something going on in my life, mm. like Brandon is normally one of the first calls that I give. But if I only applied Brandon's yep. advice, that's a mistake. Yep. Like I also get advice from my wife, other people that have uh, have speaking influence over certain topics. Brandon and my wife have universal speak. <laughs> 
you know, over, over my life and influence. But then there's people I have in different areas for different things, right? Just like you would bring in a plumber to fix your plumbing <laughs> or your electrician to fix your electricity. Like I have those kind of people for my spiritual walk. Yep. I have somebody that's really good at this and their prayer life is amazing. I have somebody over here for this. That's more, um, counseling and, and, you know, being able to speak ideas and things off of mm -hmm. each other. A lot of times church staff members feel like they have to be that for everybody, all roles, all the time for every individual that comes. Right. And that's extremely burdensome. Um, and burnout happens a lot of and the time. Because burnout happens. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that we have, we as a whole, as a collective, um, we have to understand that that you know church being the way that it is when i say that it's the collective whole that that's why it's so important for everyone to be a part yeah everyone to and i hate using the word pull their own weight because everybody pulls a different weight True. uh so it, that's not really the the word but it's it's there's not a really a better term to come with than that uh whenever you have people that just come in on sundays and then leave you know, I heard this so many times until I really got to the depths of it that, you know, 15% of the people do 85% of the work. Um, you know, that's that's why there's such a stress on leadership within the church um, because there really isn't a lot of people to yeah. to help out with. But also there there's there's a there's a navigation that you as a collective unit of a church you have to be a part of investment in the staff as well. I, if I if I could have had someone that came to me as a layman in the church and really just set me down and said, Brandon, I need to pray for you. Like, I need to help you. How can I help you? Uh, first of all, I wouldn't know what to say right off the top of my head. Yeah, but most it, wouldn't. <laughs> it, but it would be something that would make me think about what was going on. And if yeah. they physically could see that in me, um, how how can I allow them to help? Love this guy. He came at a perfect time um, to help out when I felt like I had the whole world falling on my head. Um, but it was it was definitely something that I, we we have to we have to get to the point. Don't be afraid of vulnerability. Yeah. Don't be afraid to open up to people and say, "Hey, you know, this is something that that bothers me. This is something that I don't understand. Uh, this is something I need help with." Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about discipleship, there are things that you've taught me as well as the things that I've taught you. It's being said here on, is, on, it, on but it the is forever record. This is going to be I'll on the internet. I'll never tell him this, this in, is, in person. I this is just for you. Just this part and play it back <laughs> on my bad days. It's, uh, but there is when you're in any kind of relationship, you're giving and taking. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really it, one of the most beautiful things I've seen is how discipleship just continues to have that that give and take within it. Um, it. It's it's incredibly important for your daily walk because there may be things you experience during your day mm. that you're if you have a disciplee, that disciplee can speak into uh, or vice versa or someone who's not that. Don't be afraid of vulnerability. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't hold everything in and and allow Satan to sit there and just let that fester within you. Because out of that comes um, incredible defeat and deceit and manipulation to the point where you can't see which way is up. Um, so we were meant and designed for community. Facts. That's why the church was made. So don't run away from that. Yeah. Run towards that.
That's good. Okay, last section of questions because okay. it's a it's a two. It's a two parter. Slasher, parter. Five four. Okay. Right, um. So, what is the church doing good? What is the church doing bad? Where can we improve oh, upon? Hmm. Um. You don't have to take it on a negative connotation if you don't want to, but you also can if you want to as well. This is hard because I think uh, there's there's churches that do some things, a lot of things right. Yep. There's churches that do a lot of things different. Yep. Because um, this is in reference to. Church Conversations is in regards to capital C Church. Right. Like, at our local church, there may be things that we don't do as well as another church, but then there's things that we may do amazingly better than another church. Correct. So this is in reference to capital C Church. What is the church doing good? What is it doing bad? Yeah, the capital C Church, uh, there there is a lot of hurt people in this world. There's a lot of people dealing with addictions. Mm -hmm. Growing up... um, we didn't talk about those things. Nope. And if we did, it was something that was swept under the rug, or you were, you know, taken out without, you know, further. Uh, say taken out sounds horrible. Uh, you were taken taken out. <laughs> that is not what I meant. Well, not here in in, in the American church. Um, but there were things that you you just didn't talk about, and yeah. you you didn't. Um, nobody seemed like it was equipped to even handle. Some things like that, we're still uh, and I still don't think yeah, that the majority like, of the churches huh. is for that. Yeah, uh, but I've seen it done. I've had church discipline mm-hmm. happen in my life, and I've seen it done uh, with beauty and grace and mercy. Yeah. Um, and so I think is if, if we're talking about church, Big C Church improving, uh, that's a big one. Yeah. Because I think that that could be something that would send revival through our nation, at least if not the world. Is to if people are struggling, how do we how do we come alongside them? I'm not saying to let them off, uh, because I think there's healing and grace in the hard. If you would have asked me three years ago, I would have told you that wasn't right. Uh, but I've been mm-hmm. through it, and it is it is true. But I also think that the church as a whole needs to get back to the community. I think that's what mm-hmm. we saw within COVID, and I referenced that at the beginning of our time. We we understood what the community needed, and we weren't afraid to go go do it. Um, I want to see the church do that, the Big C Church do that in every level, in every community across this nation and world. Uh, what the church is doing great is we have the doors open. Um, we invite people in. I feel like when when people enter the church, for the most part, they are they are seen and they are they are loved. Um, it's not the case everywhere, but I would say as far as the Big C Church goes, um, I think that the missions is something that the Big C Church is maybe not traditionally had done well in the past, but probably within the last 20 years and moving forward, mm. missions is a big deal and a big focus, which I think is great. And I, I think that as a, as a leadership, I think the leadership's idea of of church to the community and uh working together i mean i see this in just our community here in arlington i see pastors and and lay leaders of the church coming around our community leaders uh finding where the where the the pain points are and helping address that uh i see a lot of grace and 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 mercy within really hard topics of the community as well that's being addressed by those um, you know, here in the community, both both church leadership and lay leadership. Yeah. Uh, so here in Arlington specifically, and I feel like there's others around the world that's doing that as well. They're they're finding those those moments that they can 
impact the the world for the kingdom, um, which is very important and one of the one of the biggest things. But you know, community, getting to the community has to be a focus. Um, you're fifty years ago, the community came to church. Yeah. Now <laughs> it doesn't. Nope. So how does the church get to the community? Yeah, it's, it's that model that we've definitely talked about before. Right. And I actually don't know if I've mentioned it in any of the videos up to this point, but the, the field of dreams model of church yeah. if you build is, that is gone. Yeah. Like just because you build something, just because you have a building, just because you, you know, occupy a section of the street does not mean that people are physically going to come into your building. Correct. Where that was like the number one form of advertising. Absolutely. Like, you had that in the yellow pages. It's like Starbucks, like church on every corner. Exactly. Right. And in yep. and in Texas and where we're at, that is kind of true. Like mm -hmm. literally, there's there's a street in Dallas. I can't remember it. I counted one time 37 churches on this one street. Oh and it was it's a longer street. Sure. Give it credit, but sure. like it blew my mind. But yeah, that model doesn't exist anymore. We have to be active participants in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our just work people's lives. Right. Like also just quick, it could be a whole other podcast episode conversation, mm. but like just because people are on church staffs don't mean that they're any extra more spiritual or any extra Absolutely. more holy than the person at a sales department at a company or the gas station attendant or like a, a trash uh, compactor person. Like garbage man. No, I was going to give them the, I, I've definitely heard, like, I feel like I've heard a garbage man as like a more technical term yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know it exists, but I tried and butchered it. So anyway. Oh, you just butchered that too. So it's okay. It's great. Or a butcher even. Like, or a butcher. We can do a butcher. Yeah. Um, but regardless, like you being a Christian and someone who has been impacted by the life of Jesus in wherever sphere you work and operate in, man, like. That's a big deal. And so that, that's again, your that's ministry. Yeah. That's your ministry. That's yep. where God's put you to serve. So how are you serving that well? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I had a, a a mentor that was walking with me and, you know, work as worship was a big thing that he would always say, How is your work, how is worship being impacted or how's work being impacted by your worship? Um, and that really that really made me think a lot. Um, how am I how am I viewing my work as worship? It was easy when I was in ministry, um, yeah. but it became a lot different whenever I went to the, the the secular world. And honestly, I've created relationships and impacted the kingdom more at my work than I did at church. And I'll be the first to tell you that. Yeah. Um, it has been incredible to watch God mold these relationships and, and, and friendships. And, um, they know who I am. Mm. They know that I've been a pastor and that I am an ordained pastor. Still, they still come to me and ask for prayer or other things within their lives. And so they know that I'm a safe place to be able to have those conversations. Uh, so to see my work as worship has completely changed the way that I view what I do on a day to day daily thing hmm. okay last thing what um what is anything that you want to share with um the people watching what's what's something that either we talked about that you want to go slightly into more depth on or what's another takeaway for church conversations for people watching this that maybe christians may not be christians like you know what 
What's something that you want to give yeah, an extra knowledge? I, I think isolation is one of Satan's largest wins in this. Uh, and we saw it a lot in COVID, right? So mm-hmm. there was, like I said, there was some some hard things. There were some beautiful things. This is a hard thing. People yeah. are isolated more. You were not meant to do life alone. I want to say it again. You were not meant to do life alone. God made you for community. Mm. Um, and if you're not involved with a church in some form, you have to get to that point because you can't, like, you're, I'm sorry, but your bar friends aren't going to love and care for you the way that those who are followers of Christ will. I would say that, you know, I know that there, we, t- we have emphasis on introverts and extroverts yeah. and the anxiety that people have. Um, God said, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Um, he does that with community. Uh, it might be anxiety for some, um, but if you will just look to Jesus and not worry about the anxiety around you, I promise that will be more fulfilling than anything else. It involves being vulnerable. Yep. Um, any introvert or extrovert, I always, I always try not to make it negative towards introverts because that's not who I am. Well, I, I think but, that we're, we're the wrong people to be asking about what introverts feel. Correct, but essentially on the introvert spectrum sure. like if you're leaning that way you also can't tell me that you don't have your tight knit of friends or friend sure. you do absolutely you have people that are inside that inner circle yep it's just you let them in for some reason you right. were able to be vulnerable with them sure man church is a great place to foster that um it, it's a great place to foster that mindset and community absolutely. um environment of being able to just let your guard down yeah. um it doesn't matter your personality right. like these are people that in in reality we all have the same goal sure. and focus and that is that we want people in the kingdom tomorrow that aren't in there today yep and if we can all agree on that then we're all friends in my book like that's how that works but as an extrovert but even as an introvert these people have the same mission as you right it may be utilized and and, and done and performed differently but they have the same mission yep and we have to get to that point where we trust people enough to let them in. Yeah. And that's, there's, there's some fear in that. There's some fear in that. Very valid too, because like, I feel like in some ways, a lot of, a lot of things and a lot of churchy words, we, we just say them for what we know and how they are necessarily understood in English. Like, sure. you know, like, even like the brokenhearted come and give you rest. Right, like right. some of those words in there, we are glancing over the fact like God will give you rest. Like that just, just sure. doesn't mean he's going to give you a good night's sleep. No. Like that's not what that means or right. anything like this. Like uh, there's real fear. There's real, right. like those words are on, honestly sometimes so elementarized that it, it, it loses its power of what they really are. We understand like, this stuff is scary. It's yeah. it's tough. It's it's not easy. Um, but man, like we're all called. Every single one of us has the exact as a call in Christ is to go therefore make disciples of all nations. 100%. Like Matthew 2018. Yep. Yep. And so, I mean, I have it tattooed on me, so I don't forget it. But <laughs> like, you know, with those, it's that's our calling as a whole. We are all going to aim and go in that direction. Yes, it's scary. Sure. Yes, there's um, difficulties, things that are easy and hard about it. And it's maybe easier or harder for others. Yeah. But like, man, like if we can all just 
jump on that train going in the same direction instead of us taking all the back roads and highways yeah. all in our individual cars like the church is supposed to be unifying and for a long time we've been this commuter system mm. when in reality like let's jump on like national transit like let's jump on one train it's funny the holy spirit just gave me a vision about when you talked about trains you know, so many times I've seen movies where people are trying to catch a train. Yep. And people inside the train are saying, come on, come on, run faster. Like Polar Express is a great, great thing, right? Yeah. This little boy's trying, like, trying so hard yep. to run after this train. They're like, here, run faster, run yeah. faster. And he turned into like a baby giraffe <laughs> when it was running. But, I don't know if it was but, the animation or what. But. but what the church should be, we should be out on that rung holding on, re reaching our hand out. Yep to bring them on the train. Yep. Right? And I think that we we as a whole, we as a collective group need to do that way more. Yeah. Because in reality, unlike a real train, God's train is constantly moving. Sure. There's nothing we're going to do or impact that's going to stop his train. Correct. It just may be moving at a different rate or maybe taking a bank or whatever, like it's constantly moving. Yeah. So it is one of those things of like, we, we can't just wait for the right. next stop. Right. Like that doesn't exist. You gotta, you gotta yeet people on for, what for was that word? Yeet. Yeet. Y E E T. <laughs> it is a technical term. It's actually in the dictionary. Really? I gotta it, look it up when I get home. Uh, it's in the dictionary. Um, put the, I'll put the definition of the yeet. Bottom. Um, right there. Thank you. Um, but essentially throw into sure. grab yank. Yank. Yeah. Yeah. It's another good one. Yeah. Um, into, into this moving train that is God's mission. Absolutely. And you know, on this side of heaven, like that boy's cooking and it's going. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I'm happy we're able to sync up on that analogy. Cause I do think it, it directly applies to, sure. to what this is. I think that's a great, ending point so thank you all so much for listening and watching um this amazing church conversation like i said i love brandon he is like in my top three of humans on the side of uh eternity and um with that i am so blessed and thankful y'all have gotten to hear from him um hear even like how he operates and how he thinks in in how maybe it applies to me you may even be able to compare and, and recognize some of those things of where it's like oh Bobby thinks in that same way or, um, oh, I've, I've only known Bobby. I've never known Brandon. Now I know why he believes what he does, <laughs> all those different things. But thank you so much for watching. Um, love y'all and catch y'all on the next episode. Peace. Peace.